Hello and welcome to another Plain Truths and this week we're going to be talking about how to start an aircraft. Joining me as always is the legend that is Captain Al. Hi Captain Al, how are you? I'm very well, thank you for asking. A very good evening to you too. <laughs> thank you very much. Now, right, let's let's get straight to it. So this is a very strange sort of question, I suppose. It sounds very simple to you, I know. Uh, anybody like me who's driven a car or a coach or whatever will know that you have a key that you put in the ignition. Now, I I'm assuming it's nothing as simple as that uh, in regards to firing up an aircraft. So um, shall we start sort of loosely with GA and then work our way into the, the more commercial liners? So uh, how, how does sure. one go about starting the engine okay so um, on the Piper and GA aeroplanes um, there are a couple of different ways of starting the aircraft so on the PA 28 it's very very similar to a car there is indeed a key and an ignition switch uh, you turn the key it engages the starter motor and all things being well the aircraft will start and you just release the key um, on some you put the key to set the ignition to on press a button same process. Aircraft engine of that sort of ilk have two separate ignition systems you like. Uh, quite archaic really, they're magnetos, so nowhere near as sophisticated as your sort of electronic ignition in a modern car, but far simpler by design, so therefore by inference far less to go wrong. <laughs> Always uh, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, older GA type aircraft don't have an electric starter motor. So things like a Piper Cub and uh, older sort of war type aircraft, they would have a very simple procedure where you turn the ignition on and you spin the propeller by hand. Uh, so spin the prop and in exactly the same way as kind of bump starting your car, uh, if you got it right, then the engine would fire up a couple of things. Uh, make sure you get back in the aeroplane before it starts moving of its own accord. There'll <laughs> wow. be many, many accidents of that. Um, also remember to take your hand out of the way before the next blade of the propeller removes your fingers. Gosh. Uh, then we can get into some of the military type aeroplanes. Uh, again, still relatively small. The, the compression of the engine is a bit too much to turn the propeller by hand. So they would have something called a starting cartridge, which is just basically a small explosive cartridge that goes into the engine. Uh, that cartridge gets fired, releases a sort of blast of air, if you like, which is enough to turn over the engine and start it. So that's the, the simple GA-ish type smaller aeroplanes. Once we get onto the likes of turboprops and small jets, we have a slightly different way of starting the aircraft. Again, we use the aircraft batteries or possibly an external ground power cart. And in very simple terms, the electrical generator part of the engine turns into a starter motor for the starting process. So uh, you run the generator backwards as you were, uh, as it were, so you give the generator electricity and then it converts that into a rotary motion, turns over the engine and it starts and then automatically changes back to being a generator. That's all fine and dandy. Now on to airliners. <laughs> um, big, big jet engines um, generally don't have big 
generators sufficient to be able to turn the engine over because that's weight and we want to try and save weight. So how do we start a big jet engine? Well, we use air. Now, wow. okay. we have a source of air or pneumatic on aircraft. That's the auxiliary power unit, that little jet engine tucked away usually in the tail that has two functions. It can produce air for air conditioning and engine starting and also electricity so that we have our own independent source of electricity because the batteries aren't going to last very long, obviously. No. So we use the air out of the auxiliary power unit to turn over the engine. And uh, once we put the fuel and the ignition in, the engine eventually becomes self-sustaining and therefore we don't need the air. That's all fine and great, unless the auxiliary power unit is unserviceable. So what do we do then? Well, then we have something called a ground air cart, a puffer, and it's basically like a little APU on a set of wheels, and it produces sufficient air. You plug in a hose to the bottom of the aeroplane, and um, yeah, just plug in some air and start the engine. And, uh, and, there's a bit of a process, but it's, uh, it's as simple as that. So and the air essentially is sort of directed in such a way that it hits the the blades, therefore rot rotates the engine. The same, so it's not entirely dissimilar to where you were sort of moving the prop by hand, if you see. What yeah, I mean. except that it's... it goes into the inner part of the engine rather than just being sort of pushed into the front of the right. engine. So it's not like blowing into the front of the engine. It, it goes further into the engine uh, because if you imagine a, a jet engine isn't really how you see it so that the the core of the engine isn't at the front what you see at the front with the big fan is the end result of the whole right. process okay. yeah um so yeah the air goes into the earlier stages of the engine rather than the final stage but yes that's exactly what happened the air goes in spins the compressor around uh put the ignition on put some fuel in and there we go so, uh, so in in the cockpit. So looking at looking at from like you know the, the business end of the aircraft where you're yep. all sat, sat in there. I mean, is is it uh, as, as simple as you you put like a key code or a key card or something in or or a, I mean, are they are they literally anybody who knew what they were doing can get it? There's there's no you don't need a specific key or anything to to, to fire the thing up. You could just literally uh, anybody right. can get in it and start it. Yeah, like so, a, you know, press start to go type thing. Okay, so there are no keys. Right. So <laughs> on on airliners of uh, sort of you know a320 size etc there is no door key and there is no key to start the engine uh, so yes you could if you're able to gain access to the airplane very very easily get in it and start it and it is literally a case of from cold getting in the aircraft producing some sort of electricity supply, which will either be the batteries, the internal batteries for the aircraft or some ground power. Uh, you then need to start the auxiliary power unit, which is a, just a, basically a case of pressing one button, which is the master switch, and then pressing the start button. And the start process is entirely automatic. Once the APU is up and running, which takes about a minute or so. Right. Its generator comes on automatically online. Uh, the rest of the aircraft will kind of power up. So initially when you're on batteries only or uh, only certain systems are powered. So now you've got the APU up and running. 
To start the engines, all you need to do is to configure the pneumatics. So just turn the APU bleed uh, on. That puts APU bleed, pneumatic pressure, into the systems. And then it's simply a case of turning one rotary selection to start and then turning an engine master switch on and the start process will be entirely automatic. Air is put into the engine. Depending on the design of the engine, it may well just sort of dry motor, just turn the engine over without any fuel initially to ventilate it. The igniters will go on. So these are just very simple uh, like glow plugs like you have. Obviously, they cost a bit more than ones on, a, on your Ford Escort, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're just like glow plugs. Um, uh, so the igniters go on. There is a there is a, like a spark, if you like. Um, and then after a period of time where the engine has been turned over to a sufficient speed, and again, this varies from engine to engine type, fuel is put in. And if you've got a combination of air, fuel, and an ignition source, something will catch fire deliberately <laughs> and then more fuel <laughs> yeah more fuel goes in until such point that the engine becomes self-sustaining so it doesn't need that external air anymore the igniters are turned off because you know just like a, a diesel car if you like once the car is started you don't need any continuous source of ignition mm -hmm. um and there you go it's up and running up and running okay now uh, th th we move on to questions that we've had uh this question has been asked by several people actually uh in the past about uh that it's very specific to uh airbus uh from what i understand um but somebody's actually been asking what is that dog barking slash soaring of mdf sound on airbus aircraft that you sometimes get during engine start okay so it's a really good question and yes if you're sat towards the middle of the cabin when we start uh, the engine uh, for the first time, you will hear this noise. And it's got nothing really to do with the engine, but the noise is called by the PTU, the pressure transfer unit, which is a device as part of the hydraulic system. So on the A320, there are three hydraulic systems and the two primary ones, the green and the yellow, have the PTU, if you like, sat between them. And it allows pressure from one system to be transferred to the other system without transferring any fluid. So it's quite clever, really. There's no fluid transfer but it transfers pressure. And when you start the first engine, that PTU goes through a self-test cycle. And that's the, the noise that you hear is the PTU running. Now, these days, you'll quite often hear the PTU running when we are operating on one engine, taxiing out or taxiing in, because the green hydraulic system is powered by engine number one, and the yellow hydraulic system is powered by engine number two. Typically, we taxi on engine number one only. So if engine number two is deliberately shut down, there is no engine-driven pump for the yellow system. So the PTU transfers pressure from the green to the yellow, which is why you hear that noise. It's just a pressure transfer unit running. So that is it. It's 
kind of goes back to the fact that when Airbus originally designed the aeroplane, they didn't consider that anybody would need to taxi around on one engine as a matter of normality. Right. Of course, roll on environmental monitoring, cost of fuel, etc. It is just simply a case that that is a, a byproduct of taxiing on one engine. Now, the question I thought you were going to ask me is if you have an airliner like an Airbus or a Boeing, do you get a key? <laughs> well, as I said, there are no locks. There's no ignition lock, no door lock. But when you take delivery of a brand new one, the manufacturer will give you a key. Oh, it's a ceremonial, ceremonial thing. Key. Right, okay. Um, it doesn't fit anything. Right, okay. Now, one last thing before you hit me with another question. <laughs> you may know that on uh, certain engines... Uh, A320 family aircraft, there have been incidents where the engine cowls have come off in flight because they weren't locked properly. Oh. A couple of carriers have had this. There's been some various photos. So now uh, that particular engine, the IAE 2500 engine, actually has keys that lock the cowls. Oh. So the keys are kept on the flight deck right so there are two keys because there are two engines so you could argue that there are <laughs> keys but they're not for the doors and they're not for the starting of no, the engines okay <laughs> there we go and on that bombshell as they say that is a great place to end thanks captain al it's my pleasure